Scott and Liam versus Evil. You make me clap at the start, just before we start every single episode for, for editing purposes, and oh my god, my gammy horn. I don't know if any of you in the group, well, everybody in the group will know what I'm talking about. Any listeners who are not in the group, let me just give you some context. At the weekend there, I hosted a poker night. I hosted a, a cowboy western poker night, and it was an absolute root tooting, boot scooting success. I won poker, but a couple of the guys, Liam included, brought... Um, you know, we kept guns for like the authentic look. They were real guns. And as and as I had uh, quite <laughs> quite a few beers and half a bottle of bourbon inside me, I was uh, getting shot and dying. And then uh, I made a, a big issue about why you know why why is nobody else properly dying? You know, you get shot, you die. That's the rules. So I get shot, died from the floor, and then somebody shot my brother, who then said, "Well, if Scott's making a big effort about this, I'll die as well." And dived right on top of me and dislocated my thumb. Now. <laughs> <laughs> is there a doctor in the house? Yes, luckily there was. My friend Andrew was here, and he's an actual doctor, so he uh, he sorted it. Because see, if he wasn't there, I don't know what the fuck we'd have done. We did. I, what would we have done? Somebody would have probably pulled it off. I don't know what we'd have done. I would probably have just killed you, buried you in the garden, denied all knowledge of even being there. Oh god, there's a video on the group where you see like you see a picture of my thumb out of place, and then the video of Andrew popping it back in. Now I'd yeah. like to. Um, Say one thing that I've learned that's not that the movies tell you is completely different. That uh, real life, and they'll tell you how it's different because you watch these movies when somebody gets something dislocated and it gets popped back into place and that's it. Oh god, the pain's over. That's it. Back to work. That is not true at all. You, when you can pop back into place, it is still it's fucking agony. I currently have three quarters of an absolute like potentially frostbitten hand because it's all black, all bruised everywhere. And it's, I can't use it, it's still super swollen. And today when I was trying to do the dishes, I couldn't use two hands. I ended up slicing my finger with the, with the knife, so I'm all cut there. And I've got the cuts in my pinky as well for doing that stupid knife game as well, which, again, I was absolutely a master of, I'll have to, I'll have to say. Right, so all of this was your own doing. Entirely, 100% your fault. It also makes it sound like there's a weird sex party by saying you had a bottle of bourbon inside you rather than I had, I had <laughs> I drank I had drank half a bottle of bourbon yeah. rather than I could only get half it up my <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> so I'll choose, I'll, I'll choose my words more carefully in future so we weren't dressed as cowboys fucking each other with bottles uh, we were dressed as cowboys watching Scott get his thumb put back in and it was hilarious it's actually me to put it up yeah it's uh, in, into my 30s and still uh, can't party softer. The doctor did say to you though that you would probably have to go and get x rayed the next day. I'm assuming the fact that your hand's about to fall off that you have not been in get x rayed. Yeah, well, doctors are going to say that to you anyway, aren't they? Because he wasn't, he wasn't working, so he's not going to say to me, it's fine. He's going to I say, go to, go to get x rayed. And I'll be like, ah, it'll be fine, it's just a bruise, I think. Sometimes I get pins and needles in my, my first two fingers on my hand, but um, I don't know. <laughs> Can you move the finger? Yeah, I can move. Yeah, I can move it all. I've um, got movement. It's just really, really swollen and black. Such a tip, man. Yeah, but I, you kind of deserved it because you won at poker. I won at poker. I was. All, I, I won at poker. I won at uh, smoke cigars and I won at uh, the knife game. <laughs> How do you win at smoking cigars? Because I was dead cool and I smoked the most cigars. You think you were cool? I look cool. Do you know what I also realised though that um, 
I love this the smelly cigar smoke, but it does not come off the air. My kitchen still smells like cigar smoke, and I've cleaned it, and I've sprayed air fresheners and uh, fabric clean cleansers. I have washed everything that could be washed in the kitchen, and there's still like a faint smell, as if somebody's been smoking for 20 years in it. It's one night. What did your wife say? She's not really, really mentioned it. When, I, when she could come back and get dropped off, she came in with her mum, and her mum says, oh, smell the cigars. I thought it was just it's still quite fresh, so that'll be fine. Um, but I'm still smelling it. Even, what, even today, so what did she say about her 30 odd year old uh, son in law with the, the, the dress as a cowboy with a fucked up hand in the house stinking of cigars? Well, I wasn't dressed as a cowboy when they turned up, obviously. You were dressed as a cowboy when we left at half ten in the morning. <laughs> you still had a cowboy hat on. Yeah, I took it off when they turned up. <laughs> uh, welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 93. I'm Liam. And I am Scott. And I think that that's us maybe finally got to the end of Scott's cowboy phase, or has this just kind of kicked it into gear even more that you are determined to continue life as a cowboy? No, I, th- I think for episode six, I think I'll, I'll maybe curtail it a little. Just just, right. th- just stick to the horror until there's more uh, until more uh, horror cowboy films come out. <laughs> Thing is, though, see the, see the modern cowboy films. There's one that's about to be released this week or next week called The Sisters Brothers. Now, it's a cowboy thriller drama, I believe, but the modern ones are so fucking brutal that I, is that, I mean, is that enough horror elements? Uh, they'll all have more horror elements than fucking In Bruges ever did. So. <laughs> right, well, there you go. Yeah. I went on. See how when you go on Instagram, this is a total tangent, but when you go on Instagram and it comes up where you're like. You've liked so many photos with this hashtag. Yeah. Right, I went on the other day and I said, You've liked three photos with hashtag breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. How, hold on. How's this? But it turns out my pal's wife has just had a baby. So I did not know this, but she's been hashtagging <laughs> yeah, yeah. everything is hashtag breastfeeding. So it now makes me look like an absolute <laughs> sex criminal. Yeah. So I then started clicking through hashtag breastfeeding and I've just started liking random ones. So if anybody has me on Instagram and wonders why I'm just liking photos of babies uh, nuzzling down on some boobs, that's why. Fair enough. Just want to start, start the episode with that. That's absolutely So <laughs> this episode is my pick. Uh, this is, I have more battle strategies than fucking Napoleon. This was my idea of coming at getting Scott and the older films a different way by picking one that I knew he'd seen and it was actually him that suggested it ages ago and I thought right fine if I get him to like something quite old that he likes himself then I can start breaking him down by giving him things that I like and forcing him into liking them. It's not going to work but I just want to get that that that's, that was my plan. Alright okay. So the movie is The Changeling it's from 1980, it's directed by Peter Medak, who did a few different things, eh, like The Craze, and then a lot of TV movies and TV episodes. Actually still directing now, mm. so there you go. Eh, and the synopsis is a man staying at a secluded historical mansion finds himself being haunted by the presence of a spectre. This is still available on Shudder UK, if anyone wants to pause this, go and watch it and come back before Scott inevitably spoils the shit out of it. I can't help myself. <laughs> so we'll play the trailer and then we'll get straight into it. Within this old house live two residents. One of them is John Russell, composer, 
professor. The other has been dead for over 70 years. Claire, I'd like to talk to you about the house. Right, I, I, for the first time in forever because I, like I said, I'm an invalid. Now, do you remember Bone Tomahawk from last week? Could you live without a hand? It is a lot harder than uh, first anticipated, I'll tell you that. What hand is it? My right hand. Oh, so you're, you're genuinely fucked then? Yeah, no, well, I can write, I just can't. Aye, but myself. for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you just say that like a, a proper adult? Please yourself. <laughs> Like a creepy adult. That's the, the way you would masturbate in the fucking prairies. <laughs> <laughs> I would away and please myself. <laughs> uh, I first seen this movie after a blind buy from Missing, the second hand shop in Glasgow. Now, I recall it as one of the only movies to actually scare me. Now, let's see how it fares on a second watch. And when you picked it up from Missing, you did... You were looking for this and not the Angelina Jolie one? Yeah, yeah, I got this before the Angelina Jolie yeah. shite, shite affair came out. <laughs> um, so, my first note is uh, Daddy. The wee lassies call him Daddy, he's like 60 years old. People have old dads. Mm, it just, just looks weird. Uh, is Melvin Did Douglas... Eh? Keith Richards is only just a dinner yeah, I know, baby. Yeah, fucking weird. <laughs> is, is Melvin Douglas Michael's uncle? Who is Melvin Douglas? I just assumed Melvin Douglas was the main character. Actually, no, the, he, he wasn't at all, was he? Yeah, he was the senator. Right. Uh, so skip that, <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, now, now, I know special effects have got better over time, um, but describing a scene that happens at the start, in fact, I'll spoil it, uh, the main character, their car's broken down and they're pushing up this snowy hill to this random phone box in the middle of absolute nowhere and he goes over and shuts himself in it and kind of locks himself in the phone box while his uh, daughter and wife have a snowball fight in the middle of the road 
and then for about 20 minutes you see a big truck coming up the street and then an R car coming erratically around the corner. So basically... 20, minute, 20 minutes is a wild exaggeration. Well, it felt <laughs> like a long time. Basically what happens is the erratic car runs the truck off the road, which crashes into the broken down car, which then inevitably drives over the top of the, the daughter and the mother. Now, like I say, I know special effects have got better over time, but they could have still edited the crash to seem like the mum and kid had no chance, rather than to appear to lie down and take a squashing. Aye, but there's obviously only so many ways you can show a child being mauled by a truck. And they should have they should have showed a better way. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, this movie appears to be largely under the radar. I don't know if that would be correct or not, but I, n- I don't really see it talked about that often. Um, I obviously was aware of it just through a blind buy, but I, I don't. You don't really see it that often come up on different lists or people talking about it. I think it was just released on Blu-ray by Criterion or Arrow or someone has just put it out, right. which has got it. Uh, gave it a wee bit more attention, but uh, yeah, I think it's quite an unsung hero. Yeah. And late 70s, early 80s horror. And then obviously it was pushed even further under the radar because that Angelina Jolie wanted the exact same name, which, by the way, should be illegal, as far as I'm concerned. What, to name a movie the same? Yeah, why would you do that? But then... You can't... Well, because, right, here's... In what other field is that allowed? I've got a Ford Fiesta. They're, they're not going to make a, a BMW Fiesta, are they? No, they won't. They won't do that. So why is it alright to make films the exact same names or have multiple names country to country? Because if you don't, we'll eventually run out of movie titles. Do you have pedestics and you run out of songs? You never run them out. Why? I don't understand why. I mean, I, I, imagine, imagine never calling a song two songs the same. Uh, like there, there's so many songs out there with the same title, the same way movies. I think no. I think it's a bit easier with songs. I think that's. I think I give it more allowance for songs because movies. No, because, for example, recently that movie called Escape Room that has just come out. Uh-huh. I had watched that on on Netflix, and uh, then uh, it wasn't the same movie. No, because say <laughs> I was speaking to uh, my friend uh, Rudy, who's listening to the show, and he said he'd went and seen it, and I was I was talking to him about this movie, and he's like, "Scott, I don't think you've seen the same movie I've I've seen." I had to go and Google it, and it turns out no, he's right. The movie that he had seen is just brand new in the cinema. The movie I'd seen was some shite show that was on Netflix, and then t- yesterday I went on to Sky Cinema, and there's. Uh, an escape room being added to Sky Cinema, and I thought, right, well, finally, that's that's the one. I'll go and watch it now. And there's, there's a third movie. It's completely different again, <laughs> called Escape Room. That's 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 now being thing. So I mean, where's the point? Just call it something different. And I don't movie. understand why movies are same movies are called different things country to country. Like if we've got any American listeners just now, and I say, oh, how good was California Man? They'll be like, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. But oh, do you know? What, do you know what movie was good? Encinitas Man. And me and you're like, what? What are you talking about? See? Rudy was being too nice to you. What he should have said was, Scott, use your fucking eyes and look at the date. <laughs> Obviously, the one on Netflix is not the brand new... I don't trust room. dates, though. I don't trust dates because it'll tell you 2017 on the telly. It'll tell you, like, 2018 on IMDb because, like, official release dates, they'll go with the US, they'll go with the UK, they'll go with the fucking Romanian release, you know? I don't know. So fine, look at the fucking picture, go on IMDb and go, is this the one where Angelina, oh, Angelina Jolie's not in this one, right, it's obviously a different movie. And Everton's got like 20 posters these days as well. Fucking hell man, 
disabling your hand was the worst thing that could happen to you. You're just a whiny wee piss, aren't they? <laughs> Do you know what? Sometimes, sometimes people need to say the, the, these facts of life. <laughs> right, so this is not the Angelina Jolie Changeling. It can't change its name now because this was called it before. And go on. Right, so basically my next my next note is just... Uh, so he goes to... He's a, he's a travelling uh, symphony writer. I don't know why he's travelling. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, <laughs> but basically he's coming to this town. He's staying there for... Well, I don't know how long it is after his wife and kid have kicked the bucket. I think it's maybe a couple of months or something because he's still upset, but it's been been long enough that he's back to work. So he's going to stay in a big house in this town to write some music. So the uh, Historical Preservation Society has got a couple of houses that they can show him and he meets the the uh, the woman who's uh, renting out. Hi, Russell. I'm Tara Norman. I'm here to rent you this unnecessarily, unnecessarily oversized house with terribly unkempt gardens. The house is just too, too big for him, man. It's ridiculous. But maybe the acoustics are great for symphony writing. Mm, right, okay. So basically he walks into this this literally abandoned house full of dust, full of nothing sheets and all crap. I like how that wasn't an actual fact, but you just took that on the chin and just moved on. No, that was a good, no, I'll, hey, that's a good uh, explanation. I'll take it. All right, okay. Yeah, so it literally just cuts and he just turns it into a livable home. Like, full of hunters and hunters of rugs. Nothing quite says that a lovable home, like, a whole lot of rugs. Yeah. Now, we are, we cut to a scene where there's, like, a benefit raising money for the orchestra. Rich people raising money for other rich people. How much do you earn playing in an orchestra, do you think? Like, if you played the violin in an orchestra, like, not first violin, like, like, fifth violin. I don't know how many violins are in orchestras, so I don't know. Depends, like, a big one. one. So, you, you play, you, you play one of the violins in the London Philharmonic, do you think you can afford a house in London? Yeah. If really? you're in one of the big, big orchestras... The, like, the big one? The biggest, yeah, like the biggest yeah. orchestra in London. Oh, yeah, they'll be on fucking fortunes, man. Think so? Yeah. There's folk there playing Stradivarius violins that are worth, like, five million. That could be factually inaccurate. I have no idea about violins, but it, it sounds right in my head. I just always assumed that, like, maybe the conductor would take all the money and the, the players would just get, like given a, a suit to wear for that night. No, because surely then the rest of the orchestra will be pissed off that the conductor's taking all the money and there's like a hundred of them they're not doing anything. I think they'd be on good money. If you if you play in a big orchestra, tell us what you, you earn a year, please. Yeah, if you buy a proper orchestra, tell me if it's worth it, if it's worth the, the practice. Um, I think you do it for the love of playing the instrument as opposed to you're just practising Well that's what I'm to... saying, so if they, if they do it for the love of playing the instrument they're not going to be bothered about how much money they earn No, but I think obviously you do it for the love of the instrument but you can only love an instrument so much, you also still need to make a career for yourself, so if you are very good and love your instrument but here's this career that by the way you can actually make fucking mega bucks doing the thing you love, then that's what they do that's what they'll like aim to be whereas if it was just a love for the instrument. They could aim to be a, a fancy lawyer and play the violin on the side. I don't think you'd have enough time to be a fancy lawyer and play the violin on the side. Just play the violin during your breaks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lawyers don't get breaks. <laughs> back to our story. Now, he goes back to the house. I think he wakes up in the morning and hears this God Almighty loud banging. Banging, it does not sound as if it's coming from that house at all. It sounds simply like overdubbed sounds. 
It is just so it could be otherworldly and this suggesting it is just it does not sound like it came it could actually come from uh, real life at all. Do you know what I'm raging about? What? I only picked this movie because you picked it. I thought, right, and I think you actually told me a while ago that it was one that gave you genuine fear. It did, die. That's what I said at the start. This is, this is, I remember I... this as being one of the only films that I would tell people actually scared me. And I was so, terrified to watch it again. Well, I was like, right, do you know what? I'm going to be really fucking backhanded here. I'm going to give him one that I know will scare him, that I know he likes, and then this will butter him up for my next pick. But I don't even like the Changeling. I, your, your plans so far backfiring as we get through this movie. It's fully backfired. So it, my, neck, my note is just uh, nonsense here. He's he's writing this uh, symphony tune and uh, he's smoking at the same time and he sticks a cigarette in his mouth and then keeps playing. Like That just seems heavily impractical. If you're recording yourself, why would you stick your fag in your mouth? So to American listeners, that's what we call cigarettes. Um, why would you stick it in your mouth? Because... I used to smoke and see if you put it in your mouth and try and smoke while it's in your mouth without taking it out. The residual smoke from the end of the cigarette goes up your nose and then you choke and you you, you look like an idiot. But maybe he's like a veteran smoker. He actually knows what he's doing. He's just having it hanging there. He's maybe not actually smoking. It's just pointless. He's not inhaling it. This is also the 80s, man. The times are different. Yeah. Uh, when I say, I say I don't like the Changeling, that is slightly exaggerated. I find this movie quite boring and it doesn't really live up to the the hype that it actually gets in some places to me but it still is an okay film and pointing out that just the smoke would go up his nose so that's impractical is ridiculous but you do cut to a scene where I believe this is the part where he's sitting greeting um, and I just thought that you, I don't think you would ever go over the, the death of your wife and child I think he's doing quite well to be over it as much as he is, considering he watched a truck mow the pair of them down. Yeah. While he sat in a phone box. Yeah, he was totally locked in that phone box, wasn't he? He couldn't get out. He just could not get out. Trapped in a glass case of emotion. Yeah. <laughs> now, so he's back in the house, and the the ghost just seems to be making running water sound effects. Like he was running, it, first it was the kitchen tap was kind of running, and then you could hear running water all over the house, but he goes into such, a couple of rooms and there's nothing. But he... Uh, he goes up to he goes up to one of the baths, and it, it, now right now my note says not really scary this time round. However, then I immediately going to say it did just get a wee fright there at the kid in the water because I thought it was a dummy and it just looked weird. <laughs> right, okay. All right. So he gets a wee fright. He sees a wee ghost boy in the in the water and he gets a wee fright and then that disappears again. So he goes back to normal and he starts asking like the rental company about this house and tries to ask it about some stuff and. Uh, one of the wee, the wee women, the wee old woman from the office says, it doesn't want people in it. So I'd be like, right, okay, move my stuff into a new house, please, instantly, uh, and give me some rent-free months for my troubles. Yeah, it is a thing, actually, when you go to something and go, what's wrong with that house? See, unless they say absolutely nothing, if they hesitate or start to give you any story, just leave. Yeah. Leave, get your stuff, and yeah. fuck off. He's the right, right tunes, he's not there to solve fucking an old mother be quite a good movie though like a, a songwriting Scooby-Doo gang mm. in fact why didn't the Scooby-Doo gang actually write songs they did the, um, there's some, some episodes or some of the movies where they play like an abandoned stuff is that the newer movies um, I can't remember it was, it was the ones that Dawn watched when she was young so yeah in the last 20 years yeah like Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost yeah yeah they were newer ones is that, one with, that... is that the one with the really hot goth band 
Yeah, that's okay. the one that's basically they, they go and stay with Stephen King. Mm. But it's not Stephen King. Yeah. So, what he does, he goes round about the house, he's trying to find like where the banging's coming from, and eventually, no, he he's outside, and uh, some red glass lands at his feet. And he has a look, and he's looking at all the windows, and all the windows are like white glass, or like clear glass, and he's like, what the fuck's going on here? And then he sees it up in the top right-hand side of the house, the attic, four small windows of red glass, one of them broken. How'd you get to the attic, though? Hmm. I don't know. But he finds it. There's a door upstairs on the third floor that's a closet, but he notices behind the closet. How does he notice? I don't know. He just takes some stuff away and then realises behind the shelves there is a, a door. Yeah. A bolted up secret door. I don't know how you didn't look at the house and go, oh, cool, there's a wee loft room up there. Yeah, he's totally like just living in like three rooms. That house is fucking massive. I would be in and out of every single... But I, that's, why, that's again, back to my point, why is he in that house in the first place? It's too fucking big for him. But how quick in that big giant house would you need a wee shite? <laughs> Instantly. See, as soon as you were <laughs> left alone and you were looking at all the wee rooms that you weren't, you weren't supposed to be in. Aye, instantly. Especially if the ghost is playing the sound of running water. I just probably need to a wee piss. Yeah. It's constant. But uh, I'd love to find a secret room in a big old house. See, if I won the lottery, I'd definitely add at least one secret room. Like a proper secret room, not just like a like a, like a room that's like it's like a like a man cave, like a proper secret room, like behind an old book uh, bookcase, or like you pull you like you, you I don't know, there's like a hole in there, you need to climb through it. I mean, it wouldn't be something that was too impractical because I would get bored really quick, you know, like having to go through like all the fucking rigmarole to get into it. Like if it was a shoot or a slide to get into it or something like that, you'd be like, I don't what know. What would you keep in the room? Or you like your child porn on that? <laughs> Not that was a per- that was a personal question to you and your character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would obviously keep all my cowboy outfits in it. Why? Oh, so what's so secret about your cowboy outfits that you have to put them in a secret room? Can because you know, every because them? every week these are these are uh, ragging on me and telling me how daft it is. Well, I'm not saying it's daft, but one of us is sitting here with two working hands and one of us is not. All down to a cowboy night. <laughs> well, you know what? They should actually get shot. <laughs> to be fair, it was a fucking brilliant night, and I'm yeah. so glad you had it. And yeah. I'm also glad you dislocated your thumb because it made it even funnier. Aye, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> right, aye. So there is there is some good scenes. Okay, I'll give this movie some good scenes for being creepy. So it pulls all the the boarded up wood away from the attic door, but it's like a, it's now got a padlock on it. So he go and gets a big hammer, or I think it's a hammer, and he starts banging the padlock. And he sees banging the padlock, the banging from the the whole house that he, he heard before. It starts banging at the same time, really, really loud. So then he manages to break the padlock off. And I think it's, I don't know if it's just instantly or if he, he bangs the door a couple of times more after the padlock's off. But the door opens itself and it it's clearly opens itself. It's not like, it's, it's like someone has opened it, if you will. It's not... Uh, it's just open because he's banging it. It's somebody, something has opened it, and it does look really good. It's obviously just a cat crew member on the other side of the door that opens it, clicks it open. But it it looks good and it's slightly creepy. This this whole scene is tense as fuck. What this movie does have for it is the the the, the tension and the the suspense that's created with all the sound effects, whether you think they're over the top or not. Is actually really fucking good. If you watch this at the time in the dark, if you, it, see if ghost movies got you. Like, I'm not a fan of haunted house movies. 
Uh, the same as I wasn't a fan of the Haunting the Hill House for the first few episodes because there's only so much you can do in a haunted house. So it's all been done. This is probably one of the better haunted house movies because it does actually create a lot of suspense and tension. You are watching it, not on the edge of your seat, but you are watching it with your kind of hackles up like, right, what's going on here? What's, there's something that is about to come round the corner and yet you're kind of anticipating every turn, which I, I quite like. I, I think that the first time I watched this, I was like that. I was fully like, get all these sound effects and creepy, uh, creepy images and scenes were getting me the first time round. And it was would have been the DVD I watched. So it would have just probably been in a dark room, yeah. That I watched that. I don't actually remember when or where it was, but I do remember. I do remember this movie actually terrifying me. That's how I remembered it. Was that a long time ago? Uh, yeah. So going to missing probably at least the flat in Argyll Street. So at least in the last nine years. Right. Okay. Um. So where are we? So he goes up in the attic. Now there's quite a lot of dust in that attic. Would there be that much dust if people hadn't been up there? Uh, yes. Would that because dust is just dead skin? So if there's no people, then there theoretically should be no dust. No, because dust can also fall from like the ceiling, the roof beams, and stuff. So being up in the loft in the attic, it would still be very dusty. Mm. Okay. Just a different type of dust. Okay. So he has a he has a look through uh, the stuff, and it's like a room that's up in the attic, and there's a wheel, old fashioned wheelchair. And then he finds a, a wee music box and he opens it and he listens and he thinks, so wait a fucking minute, I've heard that before. And he brings it downstairs and he gets the woman who rented the house to him, the young woman who he fancies the pants off, he gets her back. At the same, so he's managed to time this perfectly. He's got this old-fashioned tape recorder that he recorded himself playing the piano on and he manages to time the tape to the music box absolutely perfectly. That, that's, a, that's a skill in itself. But what it is doing is the music box that was locked up in the attic for years and years and years, like nineteen, like 1909, I think, they, they get the dates that that's when that would have been locked up since, and this is supposed to be like... Is it supposed to be current day? Is it meant to be 1980? Uh, yeah, it's current day, yeah. Right, so it's been locked up for a good, like, 70-odd years. It's the, exact, it's the exact same song, and he's never heard it before because he he recorded his piano invention before he found the music box but it's note for note and she says she <laughs> says piano invention <laughs> she says uh, it's a startling coincidence she says that the song is note for note it's a tad more than a startling coincidence do you think that's what the guy done Crazy Frog thought when he first heard uh, Beverly Hills Cop that, because that I understand that it's meant to be like that but it was a long time before I realised that and my wee bra started playing it and I was like why are you playing Beverly Hills Cop? He's like oh it's Crazy Frog. I was like oh my god it's the same song. Aye but Crazy Frog sampled Beverly Hills Cop. I, I understand that now but in my head it's still it was a total accident and I can't get past that <laughs> so I, I sometimes say it without actually thinking like <laughs> at this point. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, now apparently the daughters were killed in uh, a similar way, so that's a coincidence. I can't remember how, how the, the old-fashioned daughter was killed. Maybe ran over by a horse and cart or something. Yeah, she ran out into the street and get hit by a, a horse and cart, and then died a few days later in hospital. So if you can hear any noises, I ha- currently have a cat crawling about me, but Lena's not in, so I can't shut him out. So if you hear any weird noises or meows, then it's not me and it's not Scott. <laughs> Uh, now, um, this point we get a ball rolling down and bouncing down the stairs from nowhere. Now that's now a ghost story trope. Now this is 1980, so 
Yeah, it's probably it would have been done along a lot, lot, lot many times before yeah. this. Um, it, it works and it doesn't work at the same time. But what does happen is that he takes the ball out into the, the town, goes to a bridge and chucks it off the bridge, and then goes back to the house and the ball's there. Now, how the fuck did the ghost get the ball back? Yeah. Impossible. Well, why has no one questioned why he's daughter used to throw a cricket ball about the house do you know the damage that that would do <laughs> yeah the fucking things are solid and she's just fucking rolling it about and bouncing it about maybe that's how you get the bigger house because he's still in his head his daughter's still alive and he wants to, he wants to give her space where she can't fucking break in yeah now they, uh, they get a medium to turn up because he's telling the the the, the, uh, the rental company like there's there's ghosts in this house he thinks there's ghosts in the house so they get a medium to come uh, and this, um, and I believe it's the, it's the, the girl who rented the house to him, the younger one that he, he fancies, and then her mum, who is is that the same person who told him the house didn't want people living, and she work at the rental place with her, the old old woman from the rental place, is that yes. her mum? Yeah. I don't know if it's her, I don't know if it's her mum, but yeah, they do, they do work together. Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, it would take a lot for me to believe a medium and not think they were a charlatan. Like I'd be so on edge the minute a medium was there, I'd be like watching every single thing that I said just to make sure that I don't give anything away yeah I would give it all away instantly even knowing that and even trying to avoid giving anything away I would give it all away yeah so I, I would as well uh, my next note here is I don't know what this means because I've <laughs> I, I've said I'd be like watch the table hen it's an antique so I can only assume that they bang something down on the table did they bring their <laughs> gear in and just bang it down on the table probably and technically the woman kind of owns the table so she can do what she wants yeah he's so, over renting yeah so um, a musician says do you mind if I record it and he brings over his recording equipment that he recorded the piano and to record the seance now, this reminds me of being back at school when uh, we used to do Ouija boards we'd, we'd done a wee uh, spelly doing Ouija boards for a, couple of, for a couple of months and it was some of them were really quite creepy like they worked quite a lot now obviously you got to believe a group of high school kids probably not because uh, you think that somebody's moving it, but at some points it was it didn't it felt there was one time that it moved so fast around a lot of words and spelt words out. It seems if it was too fast to for anybody to have pre-planned it. Mm-hmm. There's like a bunch of different things that happened that that made it seem unexplainable. However, it's probably very easily explainable. But we did record it as, as well. We had a, a, a tape deck, like a probably from like the 80s or 90s, like a, a ghetto blaster that had a record six record cassettes and we recorded us um, doing the seance now nothing really came up in the recording except when as soon as we started talking and doing it it was like a, a fuzzy haze came over the whole thing so you couldn't actually really hear us clearly and we could you could hear us clearly beforehand and then it would just go like a shh kind of over the top and make it more difficult to hear and there was at one point a kind of strange noise that sounded like a baby crying it was quite weird and so, I mean, we just kind of, we thought, oh man, that's scary shit, and then just moved on. But I remember this, is, this really, really happened, okay? So, wait, wait, did, did you never think, where did that baby's crying come from? I, we, just thought, like... we just thought, we just thought it must have been something, because we couldn't, have, you know, you couldn't prove that one of us didn't make the noise without anybody realising, and it just sounded weird on the tape. I'm sorry, if I had a friend who could sit in a room and make the sound of a ghostly it baby was, crying... It, it, wasn't like a, it wasn't like a long cry, it was, it was literally just went like something like... Ah. That's like the noise, but it was it was just so weird anyway. But I, this have you ever heard a baby cry? Um, yeah, well, obviously I, I can't go make 
the noise like a baby crying, but you know what I mean? It was that's how. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, like that. Was, was that Boris? Was that the cat? That was me. <laughs> right. This is what we did do. Okay. So when one of the times we had the the marker moving, right, and there was like there was a bunch of people, like four or five people, on the the board, and. Uh, we had put a CD in the in the, the tape deck thing that we had, so the CD was in it, and it was like on stop, so the numbers are flashing. And with me covering the CD display, I'd move it like say it was a ten CD track, so I'd move it to like song six and say what song is it, and it, the marker would move to six. And I thought, right, wait a minute, hold on a second. So we covered the, the we covered the display up and pressed it randomly, like changing the changing the track number, and it got it right. It got it right. I remember it getting it right every time. Was your hand on the marker? Yeah, and I, I didn't even know what number it stopped on. Mm. I don't know. I don't exactly, see, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm very sceptical, and like I'll look back on that and say that everything could be explained, but there was certainly some some creepy things that I can remember from from doing it, and it was it was cool. Yeah. I don't like the idea of Ouija boards, but I also don't believe in them. Yeah. <laughs> Which is totally fucking... Uh, it just clashes because I don't want them in my house in case they actually work, but I don't believe they work. Yeah. But I obviously believe they work enough to be fit. Yeah. So we can still do a, a Ouija board live stream if you want, but just not in my house. <laughs> Pussy. Um, <laughs> so then when they play the tape back... Hold on, you... we can't even sit in the house dressed as fucking cowboys without one of these breaking something. <laughs> Imagine a Ouija board. <laughs> You'd be dead. Yeah, well. You just need to keep escalating into the next level. <laughs> that's the level I'm happy to jump out <laughs> right so they, they do the seance and then he plays the tape back and there's whispering on the tape is it creepy? maybe not so much this time round on the, this viewing um, See, I, think it, I think it actually works quite well at being creepy even now watching it it's still if you're on the right frame of mind watching it especially if, you, if you've seen this young See, if this was on the TV when I was much younger and my parents were watching it this movie would actually really unsettle me. And the whispering, uh, that would have got me. It's different now because I'm hard as fucking that. But <laughs> I think the, the whispering would definitely have, have creeped me out. Yeah. So after we after we hear this kind of part, we then get a kind of run through of potentially what happened to the ghost. We get a run through of um, the previous owner back in 1909 going up to the attic room. And um, it's uh, a wee nude, a nude wee boy. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Bet you're raging that you've lost the use of your right hand at this point. <laughs> it's it's a it's a proper nude wee boy, maybe around I don't know, eleven years old, twelve years old, and he just pulls him up with his feet, and like it's obviously the wee boy didn't drown in real life, but the they give the imprint the way that they do it. And it's obviously just clever editing. I don't know how they couldn't clever edited the uh, the crash at the start, but clever editing makes you think like they're literally holding a wee boy under the water. Like it felt as if he must have been un- held under the water for a considerable length of time to shoot those scenes yeah. by his by his na- naked ankles as his wee twelve uh, year old balls just float about in the water. <laughs> wow! Do you know of all, of, of all the things we've we've said in this podcast? Just the, the sentence, his wee twelve year old balls, is probably the one the one description that's painted a picture that's too horrible for me. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene was horrible because like because and it's not not from like a or like let's make a joke about pedos kinda how horrible that is. <laughs> like an actual murdering an actual wee boy who's yeah. fr- and when are you more vulnerable? 
when you're in the nude or in the water in the bath you're, that's the most vulnerable imagine getting killed in the bath and, and, the, wee boy, and the wee boy was disabled yeah that's, that's why, yeah, that's why you get killed yeah so you're literally watching a naked wee disabled boy get drowned in a bath it is quite harrowing yeah aye it's a pretty serious uh, incident but now does that mean that his ghost is in the nude as well uh, maybe all ghosts in the nude you don't actually know do you yeah because you, we, why, why, is your, why do you get ghost clothes that's why the thing. Do you get ghost clothes? You, you, you don't. You don't, and that's the thing because people haven't thought it through. People just believe in ghosts when the actual real, you know, realistically, that's absolute nonsense. But that would explain. See, like every house, uh, I can imagine every house socks go missing and t-shirts go missing and random items of clothes, and you think, oh, I wonder, I would, that must have fucking fell somewhere, or Lena stole it and kept it in her cupboard. But what if it's actually the ghosts coming and just taking items of clothing for people's houses just to clothe themselves? But then it would be, they would just be like clothes dancing around with no bodies in them. But what if the the ghost radiation that comes off you being a ghost, I don't know how ghosts work, <laughs> maybe that, create everything that you put on makes it invisible as well? Hmm. Maybe. Which is very impractical. No. <laughs> Being being dead in a ghost is impractical. Yeah. So the next uh, scene, um, I believe, is this is the scene where he's chasing him about in the wheelchair. Yeah. Now, how the fuck did he get down the attic stairs in that wheelchair? I without MD hearing it coming down the stairs. Yeah, it's just at the top of the regular stairs. Yeah. So it, it becomes a typical ghost story here. Find the body so the ghost can fuck off. Do you think that's it? Well, there's obviously kind of similarities to this in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. You think this is actually where they got that idea? Like, a wee bit later on, and the they find the body, fucking get the ghost to alleviate its issues with the world, kind of thing. Do you think that's where the ring's entirely based on, this film? Possibly. I don't know, I, I can't speak for any knowledge of movies that have done it beforehand, but I wouldn't be surprised if movies have done that trope beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um... So the, the ghost starts slamming all the doors in the uh, in the house Well, uh, the guy stands at the bottom, like at the front door, and just all the doors just slam everywhere. Uh, and he just calls the wee boy, a go- the wee boy ghost, a goddamn son of a bitch! So he's, al- he's already goddamned, though, if he's a ghost, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much. How did the wee boy get so strong that he could slam doors? See, if, he, if he's a little invalid that gets kept up in the loft, away from sunlight, he's going to be weak as shit. Yeah. Not to mention he's a ghost. How can he slam yeah. things? Slam doors, yeah. And that's the thing as well because it escalates from the very first time we see him when uh, the guy's playing piano like the first day and just like the piano room door just slides open and he's like, mm. oh, what, uh, Mr. Perkins or whatever the janitor's name is, were you here? And he comes in the other door and says, no, I wasn't here. To then slamming the doors, to wheeling his wee wheelchair about, then wheelies, to then the cop who's starting to investigate it, he just flips his car upside down. I don't know. I don't know how that happens because there's no way the wee boy gets out of the house yep. down the road to do that in time. How the hell can a ghost flip a car? A wee wheelchair ghost. How can a wee disabled wheelchair ghost flip a car? Not to mention get out of the house in the first place. He's supposed to be haunting the house. He's already went out and re- uh, retrieved that ball for the river. I don't know how far fucking far down the river did that ball go because it floated. it. And now he's flipping cars. There probably is an explanation to all that, but. I don't remember them mentioning it. Yeah, well, my, yeah. my note from the, the 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 car flip was I am losing interest fast in this one. Yeah. <laughs> now, it turns out, okay, now what basically what the story is, is that this really rich guy who owned the mansion has a son. 
and the son is like the owner of the historical preservation society, and this is a, this this old snooty guy who was like leading the, uh, the 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 raising money for the orchestra and all the rest of it. And he stands to inherit a fortune, or he has inherited a fortune from his father's estate. But when our main character stays in the house and learns about the ghost, and he finds out that the the guy's father actually killed his actual son because he's in a wheelchair, and then get rid of the body. And then went to an orphanage and stole a wee boy who raises his own, who is the old man that we see in this movie, who's the who's inherited the fortune. Now, would he no longer inherit the fortune if he was raised by the murderer and he didn't know? Because just because he wasn't officially like adopted. Uh, no, but if he if his dad or yeah his adopted dad took him from the orphanage, he would have been adopted. You can't just go to an orphanage and lift kids. I've told you this. <laughs> that's so. That's what he calls him. He calls him a changeling because they've just switched the bodies out. Like he's just killed his own kid and then started again by taking a, an orphanage one. Uh, but one question, one thing I don't understand. So the, the boy had had got injured and like was like par- he was paralysed. Yeah. Why couldn't the cripple inherit the cash? It wasn't crippled in the head. Because. <laughs> Because I think the the dad, bear in mind this was this is all meant to have happened what like 19, 1909, 1910 yeah. type thing. Uh, they looked at up until still quite recently, and in some countries like China, uh, they still do. Where if you are disabled or that, then you are thought way less. They they will look at the Nazis. The Nazis took fucking disabled kids and killed them yeah. because like as far as they could see it. What was the what was the point? So this guy who's obviously from a rich fortune has obviously thought, well, my heir isn't going to be disabled. He's not going to be a crippled. He's going to I need a strong heir to take over. So let's take this one, get rid of him. And Didn't he do it in such a harrowing way? Though? Yeah, to fucking drown him, man. It's totally uh, like nature v nurture as well because the orphanage guy is like totally like snooty and like. Like raised well to do, so he's like, you know, would 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 he have been like that if he was raised in the orphanage? Probably not. He'd have probably been like a street rat or something. But he 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 became like this rich well to do guy because of his upbringing. Yeah. Well, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Tyrion can. Uh, well, I don't be... know. I'm only so far in it, so don't go spoiling that. Well, unless you've not watched the first two episodes, this won't be a spoiler. Okay. Uh, Tyrion, the the dwarf can't really be can't take over. The family, because there's a dwarf in it. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm like it. <laughs> so there, it's just the same. Yeah, but see, when people... you think about it though, like see, when Tyrion lives like a much better life, there's no pressure of taking over, and you just get hundreds of money just to kick about and just drink bang, wine and bang hookers. Nah, yeah, fucking amazing. If that was, if I was back in that time, of the fictional Game of Thrones time. <laughs> Wait, I don't... So yeah, it's it's, it's quite a hit. That's kind of little ghost story opens up into quite a sinister harrowing plot that you're thinking oh, holy fuck man I wasn't quite ready for that I wasn't quite ready to see a wee naked boy get down the yeah. path I wasn't quite ready to hear that actually his dad didn't want him getting the money so killed him and just took another wee kid and raised him as his own yeah like and that's, yeah it's quite a serious circumstance like outside like the ghost story part of the movie yeah like I wonder if it actually happened do you think it did I take it that's what the Angelina Jolie film's about. No, it's, like some... it's slightly different, but it is about kids switching. But I don't. Yeah. I think it's about. I can't remember how it plays out if there's a supernatural thing or what. What the deal is, but I think it's, it's actually quite good. It's, her one's actually quite good as well. 
Is it not based on a true story, her one? I don't, I don't recall. I remember like properly like uh, she, she's waiting in the train for her boy to come back. I think her boy might have been missing. Is it during like the Second World War or something along those lines? Uh, maybe even like kids getting re- relocated during like the bombings and stuff. And yeah. uh, he comes back, comes off the train, and she's like, "That's not my son." And then everybody's like, "Yeah, as even the wee boys like, yeah, I, I am." But she's like, "Not definitely not." And then she needs to figure out what the deal is, and I can't remember what the reason is. But obviously, she's right that it's not her son. I think. Um, I mean, they've just they basically just took the idea of trading places and just made it dark as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you could do that. Then. I wonder if you could do that. So you could do that with anything. Then couldn't you? So I wonder, like, pick a pick a comedy. Any comedy. Yeah. Uh, what we what like, what's your what's your theory? And then right. So comedy. we're going to pick a comedy, and then we're going to use the same story but turn it dark. Uh, right. See no evil, hear no evil. Nothing actually happens because the deaf man, blind man can't work together. <laughs> yeah, <awful>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The blind man walks into the road straight away. <laughs> <laughs> he gets absolutely wiped out. The deaf guy can't hear him screaming, <laughs> and it goes around the entire film. Oh no, he can still see, can't he? Oh yeah, he can see. Yeah. Yeah, right, let's pick another comedy. Right. Uh, I don't know, I'm on the spot now. Um, what about, right, what about... Uh, cool Runnings. But Jamaica don't have a bobsleigh team because that is just ridiculous. <laughs> that's, that's not so there, so there, there's, there's the darkness of it. Um, yeah, we want to be a bobsleigh team. Nah, you're shite. You're shite at running. You're shite at bobsleighing. Fuck off, you're in the Olympics. What about <laughs> uh, Hot Rod? Uh, stuntman really wants to impress his stepdad... By being a stuntman, thinks the asset, I'm going to jump these cars, jumps it, there's a whole crowd there, and he feels miserably and kills himself in front of the entire crowd. It ends. The dad dies, he didn't get enough money for the surgery. Pretty dark. Pretty dark. Right, so you can do it in. Yeah. Uh, right, so <laughs> then just at the end, they are chased around the house by the old wheelchair. Is it spookier that it's a, a child, like... Is a child's wheelchair spookier than an adult's wheelchair, or are both wheel ghost wheelchairs that are moving on their own spooky? Or is it always spookier when it's a kid? I think kid ghosts can be like a lot spookier if it's done in the right way, but I think when the the wheelchair's chasing them around the house, it's not really that, not really that scary. But I I, it's smaller, so you'd be able to knock it over. Whereas yeah. if it was a big meaty wheelchair with like off road wheels, <laughs> that would be way scarier coming down on you like fucking Christine. But I, can I just ask a question in terms of the motivation of our characters here? Why why do they keep coming back? Why don't they just leave the house? Yeah, I think that's the kind of a major flaw in this. Like the the main character, the acting's outstanding, but he's so placid after the death of his family. Like it's as if he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, and you actually you do think, why are you still there? What are you doing? Just give me something to invest in because he doesn't really care what happens to him so why should we? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, pretty much that's that's where my notes come to an end. I've got a couple of questions and a final summation. Uh, so they basically, they, they, he confronts the guy who is the fake little boy yeah. tells him that he's a bastard and all that blah 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 and then does it just end there? The, the house goes on fire. The house goes on fire. Of course it goes on fire. Yeah. You've got to kill the wee ghost. Which is actually, it's quite an upsetting movie because not only the wee ghost boy tries to haunt everyone to finally pass out the other side and then they just set the house on fire anyway. Aye, they, they, didn't, uh, they didn't soothe his soul and they didn't um, tell the, the ex-orphan to wrap it because he's just still at knock because he do believe you. 
Aye, so that. everything just stays as it is, except the big mansion went fire. Maybe that's why the movies is popular because it's got like, a really bleak ending. Yeah. Before my final summation, I'd asked a bunch of questions. Why is the Why is the house on fire? Why is it the old guy's fault? Why does the ghost just keep repeating, "My mother, my mother, <laughs> my father, my father"? And why, if he can travel about, a la getting the ball and flip the car, why did he wait till now to start haunting everybody? Well, I think he, the house has been lying empty for so long because he's been haunting everyone that comes in. It's just that Dale fucks off quickly, whereas this guy thought, oh, alright, I might be able to solve this. To Maybe he's got some sort of, I feel so bad about what happened to my daughter that if I can help another child, albeit a ghost dead one, then I'm going to do it. And then when it starts to turn into a bit of a conspiracy that these rich folk are trying to stop him because of what the actual thing happened maybe that would actually kick your ass out of gear and be like no I'm going to find this out fuck the guys man yeah maybe because maybe because of the death of his family he was just like well you know what I don't really care about anything else fuck you I won't do what you told me and I'm, I don't care about writing music anymore I'm going to spend my life uh, solving this wee ghost story yeah <laughs> so you didn't get as scared as you did the first time you watched it nah let me, let me uh, sum it up for you. This was nowhere near as creepy or scary at this time round. It was actually quite boring and I struggled to keep my attention. It's a tropey ghost story, although the meaning of uh, the changeling was quite good, like finding out what it, like, what it actually meant and what happened, that tweet twist. And uh, like, like I asked already, I wonder if people actually did stuff like that back then. But as a movie, total middle of the road stuff. Three nude wee boys out of five. Yeah, I do. I actually think you've played me here. I think you set it up a few weeks ago that this movie scared you, knowing that I would eventually pick it to try and get one up on you, and then just be like, actually, do you know what? It didn't scare me. Fuck you. No, I gen- genuinely not. I genuinely remember this being a brilliant movie, but I also remember watching a bunch of movies that I can't think of them offhand, but that at the time hated them. But I know that if I revisit them now, I'll have a different perspective on them just because of like where my mind's at these days and what I'm liking and what you know like different kind of research and movies that I've watched critically since then yeah. does that make sense I've always found the changeling quite boring as well uh, the atmosphere and the tension is dripping off of it and it's a well directed well acted put together film but as with 95% of movies that involve haunted houses I just get bored so quickly even if you throw in a disabled ghost child getting drowned in the bath and them swapping them with a boy for the orphanage which is fucking awful but it still isn't enough to get me hooked in that this is a thing I would rewatch again and again uh, but I would still give it a 3 just for how well it's put together yeah out of five. Yeah. so my plan backfire. do you know what I need to just stop having plans I need to just Whatever movie comes out of my head, that's what I'm picking. I don't even need to have a reason for it. Yeah, just wing it, let me. Yeah. Aye, but there's winging it and then there's just coming across as a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I like cowboys, I'll pick Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, and it won. Yeah. So what are you going to pick next week? You can't pick another cowboy film. I've, I've not thought it through yet. I'll need to have a think and a look. There's not that many cowboy horrors, so I'll need to pick something just gener- generically horror. That'll be a good one. That's, a, that's actually a peek behind the curtain there that... Uh, a week before the episode would be coming out, we still don't know what we're actually doing it on. Yeah, so yeah. That's how far in advance we plan things. Yeah. 
so we'll take a short break from the changeling and we will be back to hopefully not talk about uh, more documentaries about child abuse. Hi all you teenage comet zombies, this is Kelly Maroney and you're listening to Scott and Liam vs. Evil. So have you been watching anything else this week? I have been off for a few days and the only thing I actually can think of that I've actually been watching is that you recommended uh, Love, Death and Robots to me on Netflix. I'd seen it come up but I didn't know anything about it and it turns out I think it's about 18 short stories Basically, Love, Death and Robots is the theme throughout them. It's like a short stories, all animated, well, 99% of them animated, and um, with usually like a wee twist or whatever at the end. And I powered through them in the last two days and really, really enjoyed them. Have you got a favourite one? Without spoiling, because it since it's new to Netflix and there'll be some people that haven't watched it yet, and I think it's, it's like an animated Black Mirror, so I think spoiling it would rob people of some enjoyment. Okay, um, I liked Suits. Right, okay. I liked uh, the Aquila Drift, is that how you say it? Aquila Drift? I've not watched that one yet. Okay, that was a good one. And I also liked um, number two, but I can't remember what it was called. Oh, the three robots? No, no, no. Number three then, maybe. Anyway, it's good though, you're enjoying it. Yeah, I was. I finished it. I enjoyed it. You finished it. There's a couple. There's a couple of ones that are quite weak, but there's there's a good there's a good couple of really good ones, and there's a lot of animated boobies in there. Yeah. There's nothing better than a set of animated and, boobies. You know, it's like animated boobies a, and real, a, a real set of boobies. There's quite a lot of animated willies in there as well for you ladies that like that, and you guys that like that too. Um, <laughs> so, nice save. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's great, and you know as well because some of the animation, because some of the animation is very comic book, and some of the animation animation is very kind of cartoon like, but some of the animation is like really really realistic and i don't know i don't know if it's like uh, motion capture or if it is if it's genuinely like put together like computer graphics like cause, like you said to me today a lot of them is just like cut scenes in, in computer games so i don't know how much because it's really really looks good now and I, I remember going through the times of like animation where like, the teeth always looked awful like they, they, there was used to be like holes in their mouth like where because they couldn't get, get the depth correct. Uh, hair was always awful. But now I just watch like two naked animated people walking around looking like genuine humans with jiggly bits and everything. And they just banged. And I was like, well, that, yep, here we're at now. Are you at the level yet that you would be able to masturbate to two computer-generated people fucking each other? I was... Well, I, I was at the level... <laughs> I was at that level ages ago. <laughs> 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 there was there was old there was old games for the the, the Commodore that I remember having at one point or was it was it the Commodore? It was a very very old console. It was like a tape you put in. Somebody at school got it and they put in and you had to just like kind of bang the the, the joystick to make these these single image things jump back and forth to make it look like porn. <laughs> and you'd still wank to that. Of course I would. That's insane. Not anymore, but I mean when I was like twelve year old, like <laughs> wanking a paperboy in Amstrad. Aye, but it was. That's what, that, that's what that's like. <laughs> yeah, right. Wank, only, wank only, into only, only, only if Paperboy was getting into the hussies and banging folk. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do remember being incredibly turned on every time the Sims would take their clothes off and it'd go yeah. blurry. Yeah. Uh, or Lara Croft or big uh, triangle boobs. Oh, yeah, I remember triangle boobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triangle boobs and putting the waiter in the fridge. It was amazing. Maybe I should go play old Tomb Raider. See, you no, know, you think that, but see, when you go back and play the old games, it drives you up the wall because of the, you know, the 
the moving, the the way that moves, like you use the analog stick, whatever else. It's just see when I went back and played the first Resident Evil, and I'm trying to use my analog sticks to like run like 360 and run like a full you know dimensions, and it's like you do 180 turns, you flip and you come in, your screen turns. In fact, your screens, your your view is static, so you need to try and run your way around about the static view rather than now it's like your view will move 360 behind you, or it drives you up the wall. Yeah. See, I might, I might go back though and play the first Metal Gear Solid because I had that when I was younger and I must have tried that first level easy for two weeks old and I could not, like, I'd get in the lift and I did not know what to do and I just ran about the same level for over a fortnight and I've never went back to it, I've never been able to get past it, it's not even, I don't think it's a level, I think it's like the prologue to the actual game, <laughs> it didn't even put Metal Gear Solid, it was just, you had to get in a lift and that was it, and I've still never been able to do it. Yeah, but and you... kind of beats me a wee bit, I think I need to go back and do it. You plug that in, and you see how slow those old games worked, and you will be like, I can't even do it anymore. Because I've done the same thing. I never actually finished Final Fantasy VII. I remember getting to the second or third disc, I believe, and then just put... As I do with all games, I just kind of put them down and forget to get back to them. And so I got... Uh, I've got Final Fantasy VII. I got a holiday... Um, one of our friends, TJ, ages ago, gave me his old PS2 so I could play it. And I think I plugged it in and played it for like half an hour because I just thought this is so slow. Like I can't, I can't do this. I still, I need to try it. I can't because what if I die tomorrow and I die being the the guy that couldn't get in the lift at the the prologue of Metal Gear Solid? I, I don't have that. I won't. Uh, I won't bring that up at your uh, eulogy. My eulogy. Is that you're going to be able to fucking read one? You're lucky you're invited. <laughs> Hey, so I'm just standing this of excitement saying he never completed Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> that would be the cruelest thing to do. Yeah. My, my entire family would judge me. Everybody would judge me. <laughs> I'd, I'd die like Jimmy Savile, man. Although he actually died not an animal. No, he died thinking he was got a bit. Yeah. So I'd die. I'd die like Jimmy Savile if he died like a year after he actually died. Die like Gary Glitter. But Gary Glitter's not dead yet. I know, but he knows he's a pedo. I'm not a pedo, I just get complete Metal Gear Solid. But you're getting quite confusing here, what you're actually saying that you are, I'm not entirely sure. To be honest, I feel like, I, by, not completing, not, by not completing the prologue of Metal Gear Solid, I feel like a sex mo- uh, child molester. <laughs> uh, so have you watched anything else? No, just no. that and cowboy films? <laughs> That's it, I, I, I've actually watched a bunch of cowboy films, I. Yeah. I watched Batman and Robin last night, I bought the box set. I can't remember why I get drunk and thought, do you know what I need to own a DVD? Batman and Batman Returns. And it was like an extra pound to get Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. And they've all been great so far with nostalgia. But Batman and Robin, like even nostalgia can't help that man. That is a crock of shit. That was the one with that was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. Is that yeah, the is that the one where Robin drives out into the Batman Billy self and he goes out and there's like the neon gang? Yes. I like that one. No. Watch it now. I remember, like, I watched Batman Forever last week. I still really enjoy that. 95% down to nostalgia. I still enjoy Batman Forever. Batman and Robin, I was sitting last night like, oh my god, I can't watch two hours of this. I did watch two hours of it. I was stoned. But there's, it's just shit, man. The dialogue is awful. And it's just, it's like they've tried to do it as a kid's movie, but even kids i can imagine we were watching at the time going this is a load of shit because i don't remember really enjoying it as a kid but i enjoyed batman forever i think i think i did enjoy it but then i also think that i didn't know i wasn't supposed to enjoy it the, the dialogue's awful 
one point Uma Thurman uh, she's obviously Poison Ivy and whoever else and they're like oh Adam and Eve and she's like oh, Adam and Evil and I was like get this off <laughs> like that's awful I just remember uh, Uma Thurman getting the uh, putting on the rub- no Robin putting on the rubber lips so he could go and smooch Uma Thurman <laughs> yeah oh, what a shit film man <laughs> But anyway, that's all I've been watching. Yeah. Just old Batman. Yeah. So, that is us. We don't have anything exciting planned this weekend. We've not got any cowboy theme nights. Unless you want to do it again. I would love to do it again, but I'll, I'll limit it to maybe once a year. I'll let my hand heal first. <laughs> and then break your, your other one yeah. next time. And have you spent your winnings yet? No. What are you going to spend them on? Uh... The first, uh, hookers and Blow was the first thing that was going to come out of my mouth, but uh, that's obviously <laughs> not what I'm going to spend them on, obviously. I'm going to cut that so that's exactly what you're spending <laughs> on, so anything you say now is going to fall on deaf ears. Alright. Uh, so, Scott, I hope you enjoy the Hookers and Blow that you're going to spend your money on. Uh, and we'll, you can catch us on the website, scotlandvsevil.com. Catch us in the Facebook group, on Instagram, on Twitter on Spotify, on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. Uh, have I missed anything? I think you got everything. There you go. Uh, and we'll be back next week with episode 94 which is Scott's pick. I think we should give 95 to the group. I'm just putting that out there. Mm, think about it. We'll think about it. <laughs> so this is your chance. Week. So this, that might happen. 95 might be in the group. So if you're listening to this currently and it's up to date then uh, get in the group just now to have your say. Don't miss out yeah. on making us watch absolute garbage. If anybody suggests that fucking anime technical porn, you're getting removed from the group. Fish. Yeah, fish. Watching you. So we'll see you guys next week. Cheers. See you later.